Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Simzak. Time is finally upon us. That's right. We're back once again. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend, the ever-so-weary and tired Chris Sinzak. <laughs> I'm not that bad off, but I'm doing good. You got the rock and pneumonia and the rock and pot expo blues? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I know you've been working your ass off to make this happen, and you know we've had some great announcements these last few weeks. We got some more cool stuff to tell you about here today, mm-hmm. and you know what? Today we're going to pay homage to one of our very favorite heavy metal bands of all freaking time, the one and only Wasp. Yeah, seven years and we've never done a Wasp episode. And we love Wasp, so mm-hmm. I think it's it's high time that we do. Yeah, so we thought we would do our, our personal top five Wasp songs. Yeah. These are not us saying these are the best five ever, they're just the best five in our opinion. I hate these shows, because they're so <laughs> freaking difficult, you know, you can't, it's, yeah, it, these are definitely personal favorites, because there's no way to name a definitive top five Wasp songs that is going to go undisputed. Oh, I'm, there's going to be some disputing going on, especially with some of my picks. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get to that. But before we do, we got to take care of business. The favorite way to start the show, of course, you know what it is, some five-star reviews. And we got some right here. We like to get them on iTunes. We like to get them on Facebook. And we've got a couple of awesome ones right here. The first one's, uh, this one's on iTunes, and it's entitled, Vinny. I like that. All right, five stars. Great interview with Vinnie Vincent. I started listening last month after listening to Talk To Me recently. That's our buddy. Anyone into rock music should check these guys out. Awesome. Short, sweet, to the point. We get our name mentioned right next to Josh Toomey. You know, that's always a good thing. And just hearing the words, great interview with Vinnie Vincent, still feels surreal. Yep, that comes (laughs) to to us from Sinner O from right here in the USA. Got a Facebook review, too. This one comes to us from Jason K. Herman. And it's five stars. I stumbled upon this podcast a while back and then kept seeing it mentioned in friends feeds when I was coming down to do the rare hair shows. Most recently, I scrolled down to the top five Enough's Enough songs episode on my way to Chicago when I was actually going to do a show with Chip. It was a weird coincidence. Since then, I am catching up on the back catalog of episodes. Yesterday, I wrapped up the one and done, episode 261. That was a good one. And to hear Slamming Gladys, Pariah, Heavy Bones, and LSD in one episode, 
I was shocked. So cool. However, one note, as I'm a geek as well, your love of Enough's Enough and mentioning them and LSD in the same sentence, I would have thought you would have mentioned one Alex Kane, who was originally in Enough's Enough. I'm sure you've mentioned it since, but regardless, such a killer show. Absolutely love it. Keep going, lads. That's a good one. Jason Fay Herman. Yeah, Jason. Good stuff right there. I like that a lot. And Alex Kane is his. uh, He's notable in Chicago rock history for sure, especially for those two bands. Yeah, for sure. And he's still out there doing. He lives in L.A. and uh, actually, uh, a a friend of ours podcast, Izzy Presley, has a a show called Another Fucking Podcast. Yeah, it's good stuff. And he had a great episode with a friend of the show, Rick Fox. And also Earl Skakel was on the show and Alex Kane was on the show. Oh, right So on. it's really funny to, to listen to those those four talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great Check episode. That out. I'd love to get Alex on the show sometime. That'd be very cool. I hey. want to get Stanley on the show sometime. Yeah, we really want to do an LSD <laughs> uh, Albums, Unleashed. Albums Unleashed for sure. We've talked about that forever. Every song's a, a winner on that, that album. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah. so few people know about that band. Yeah. All right, and then our other favorite people, Geeks of the Week. These are the people that shared on Facebook, retweeted on Twitter. Last week's New Noise Volume 2, which, of course, had the big announcement that Vinnie Vincent is going to be at the Nashville Rocket Pod Expo. Uh, Geeks of the Week this week are, this is a funny one to start with, Give Me a Head with Hair. (laughs) Fargo Strut shared it. Right on. Uh, Mark Alden Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Growing Up Rock Podcast, Todd Cunningham, Mike Tyler, Matt Ashcraft, Billy Eckeson. Brad Schick, Chuck Noseworthy, Joseph Capone, The Plug with Bushy, and The Mountain Man. James McElhenney, Victor Ruiz, Wayne Cross, Rock and Run Runyon, Bill Elam, Adam Cox, McCall Burrell, Chris McDowell, Aaron Baker, Greg Troyan, Andrew Jacobs, Sit and Spin with Joe, The Pods and Sods Network, Lee McCormick, Alan Tate, Joe Beck, Save Rock and Metal, Christopher Stokes, Ernesto Aguiar, Jay Shablewski, Jeff Mendenhall, Billy Hardcore, J.J. Mack, Eladio, Popcast, Huckleberry Quick, and of course, The, the Mooger Fooger. He's back. Yes. All right, those are our people, our favorite, favorite people, our geeks of the week, the people that get out there and they share it and they retweet it, all that good stuff. Help us get the word out about what we're doing here on Decibel Geek. And if you love Wasp like we love Wasp, go ahead and share this episode, and you can become an honorary geek of the week next week. That's right. That's how it goes. So we're ready to get into some Wasp? You know it, man. Anytime is a good time to get into Wasp. And I got into Wasp when I was pretty young, and everybody knows my beloved and legendary Uncle Bruce. Uncle Bruce had all the Wasp albums. And when I was a kid, like I've said a million times, I'd do whatever kind of chores I could do around the house to get my $5 allowance. And I would take that money and div it up between comic books, wrestling magazines, candy, whatever, and going over to Uncle Bruce's and giving him a dollar apiece for his albums out of his collection. And, of course, originally it's Kiss. It's all Kiss. Nothing but Kiss. Nothing in the world exists to me outside of Kiss. It's Kiss and Kiss only. But once it came time to start perusing the rest of his albums, the next ones to go were Ozzy. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I got to kind of look around because I really don't know a whole lot about these other bands. So I'm Mm -hmm. really judging them by their covers. So the third band that I really got into after Kiss and after Ozzy was Wasp. And it only took me one look at that first album cover to go, oh, yeah, this is going to fall in line with what I like. <laughs> they reminded me of Kiss. Sure. You know, in in that three, theatrical kind of way, but almost scarier, like an evil version of Kiss. Heavily or like, influenced by Or Kiss. like Kiss and Satan had some sort of sexual orgy, and that's what was the result <laughs> of it, or something like that, you know? And I was blown away by how they looked, you know? And, yeah. And the songs, man. Once I got that album home and put it on the turntable and listened to those songs over and over and over again, 
man, I was hooked from the very beginning. And one thing I always liked about Wasp and always loved about Blackie Lawless's songwriting is a lot of the same things I liked about a lot of Kiss songs was the inspirationalness of it. Yeah. Being a young kid in central Wisconsin, far away from from Hollywood or the Sunset Strip, just seemed like about as far away as you could get from that. Mm-hmm. This kind of song gave you hope that maybe someday you could be something awesome like you see on the MTV and like you see on these album covers. This song always spoke to me, and it is absolutely one of my all-time favorite Wasp songs from 1984, self-titled debut. Man, you got to love this one. Crank it up real loud. It's I Want to Be Somebody.
yeah. And the, yeah, and I, let me let me do a a quick uh, warning on on my picks. Aaron got his picks in first, <laughs> and of course his picks are, uh, and a number of them are from the earlier lost yeah. material, which I love. God, you could have picked five songs off yeah, the first easily. album. I mean, um, L-O-V-E, Machine, yeah. The Flame, yeah. Hellion, and Sleeping in the Fire. Yeah. The Torture Never Stops, Tormentor. I mean, it's it's all good. Well, so so my picks are basically, I, I made it a challenge to pick stuff not on those records. Yeah. But I, I like stuff from their entire catalog. I was so, going to say, you picked five songs off of Kill, Fuck, Die. No, I picked nothing <laughs> off that fucking album. That album I hate. Um that uh, oh, let's not talk about that album. I wanted so bad to like it when it was new. Me too, and I hated just, it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that was the one I was excited for, and then when it came out, like, what the fuck are they doing? Um, but no, Wasp is one of the they're one of the more unique bands from the eighties because yeah. like. I don't know, like the, a lot of the bands were going the glammy route and, right. and like we're going to do, we're going to be soft and we're going to appeal to the girls, not Wasp. <laughs> well, and I always think about it like this too. You know, you think about like the forefathers of that L.A. scene yeah. were kind of really two bands was Quiet Riot and Wasp. And Quiet Riot was the one that took the, the popular route, mm-hmm. you know, and did a bunch of Slade covers and Americanized them and got mm-hmm. it on MTV. And Wasp was maybe just as popular in L.A., but when it came to the worldwide scene, mm-hmm. these guys were a whole lot raunchier yeah. and went in the opposite, the darker direction than yeah. what Quiet Riot was doing. But I think in a lot of ways, those two bands are kind of like the the forefathers of the well, Sunset Strip. Well, with, with the crew. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, they were all, they were all kind of the, the, the basis for a lot of what took off. But they, they had that theatrical element where, you know, there were some bands moving away from it. Like, that's Kiss. That's Old Hat. Right. But whilst they would they took what Kiss were doing, they ramped it up. I mean, sure. like, they would throw fucking raw meat out to yeah, the crowd. you take a little Alice Cooper. You yeah. take a little Kiss. You know, maybe throw in some Iggy Pop with some weird stuff. And you'd, like, say, throwing meat at the audience yeah, and a, torturing a women on stage. Cod piece. Yeah, how cool is that? Um, you know, flaming logo behind yeah. them. And our friend Gregory Muse, who uh, is a VIP and also, uh, you know, went to a lot of those early shows. You know, his stories are just awesome, you know. And yeah. The, yeah, if you ever haven't heard the Sunset Strip Memories episode, that's a good one to, to really hear some great one. early Wasp stories. But the, and like you were talking about with uh, with I Want to Be Somebody, they were kind of, it was a kiss blueprint of Queen's going to write about We Will Rock You. Yeah. And so it's a sister, We're Not Going to Take It. But Kiss and Wasp were the songs about the I, about yeah. I and what is more personal. So it would reach more of the out, outsider crowd, you know. And they, and were, did. they were great at doing that. Yeah. So because they were, yeah. you know, and they knew how it felt, you know. And so to translate to some young kid in the middle of nowhere dreaming of, you know, having rock and roll dreams, it, it speaks to you. It tells mm-hmm. you, you know, there is some reality to this. Yeah. And so for my first pick, though, I'm going to go all the way to 2002. And they did an album called Dying for the World. Yeah. This was the 10th album produced by Blackie Lawless, written and recorded in less than a year, which is pretty fast by WASP standards because oh, it usually totally. would take a lot of time to do the albums. This album was dedicated to the people that died in 9-11. That's basically what, what the album is. The subject matter of most of the albums about that. Um, the lineup on this album was Blackie, Daryl Roberts on guitar, Mike Duda on bass, and Frankie Benali on the drums. And uh, this song is, this is one of those where the, a lot of their albums I can pick multiple songs where I'm like, well, this could be a pick, this could be a pick. This is my absolute favorite song from Dying for the World. This is a song called Shadow Man.
disagree with that. That's my favorite song on that album, too. And it's a great album all around. You know, that was kind of a return to form for Wasp, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's the good stuff to me. That's the stuff I really, really like. And that takes me to my second pick. So I guess we go all the way back to 1985 to The Last Command. Awesome record. Oh, man. If I had a dollar for every time I spun this album growing up. I mean, I got that first Wasp album and was like, this is it, man. Mm-hmm. This is some good stuff. And then went right back that next week and got the next album in line, which was The Last Command. I think sometimes looking back on life, it was like I never had to have the sex talk with my parents because I listened to Wasp albums. <laughs> I taught you everything you needed like to know. Like everything right? I needed to know, I learned from <laughs> Kiss, Wasp, and Motley Crue. Interesting mentors. You know? <laughs> It's no wonder I turned out so demented. But, man, this album is damn near perfect. I mean, there's not really a bad song on the whole thing. It's it's so hard to pick one. For me, I just remember being a kid and hearing the song Jack Action and how it would... It's a story song, mm-hmm. you know? And so it kind of puts a movie in your head. I remember being a young kid wearing the headphones in my room, listening to the album... These songs that were really good, that really spoke to me, would invoke movies in my mind. Right. Like, I, it would create videos to go along with the songs sure. before you there, even if there wasn't a video for that song, because there was no video for Jack Action. But, man, what a great song to have a great video for. But out of a whole album that is just so amazing and so good and so pure and so perfect... The Last Command, it's hard to pick just one, but that's the one I'm going to go with because, man, as a young kid, I just, it wasn't just that you could hear the song, it's that you could see it too. Yeah. So here's something for your eyes and your ears to enjoy. Wrap your mind around this one. It's Wasp with Jack Action.
Could have been a Johnny Cash song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like in the, how cool would that have been like in that, in those days in the early 2000s when Johnny Cash was doing covers of like Rusty Cage and yeah, stuff like that. Have, have Johnny Cash do a version, like a country, his, his version style of Jack Action, I think would be just killer. I'm picturing Johnny Cash with a, with a spiked cod piece. Uh huh. Yeah. That's Chainsaw blade coming yeah. out of his crotch. Yeah. That's a strange image. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it works. I walk the line and I throw meat. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite albums of all time. I mean, the title track, Sex Tribe, is an awesome yeah. song. Of course, that's the one that's got Blind in Texas on it. That yeah, may be Blind their Texas is most awesome. recognizable song. Yeah, great video, too. If we were talking about, like, the technical top five Wasp songs, I think almost everybody would put Blind in Texas oh, sure. right up at the top. Yeah, it's it's got hooks for days. It's, yeah. it's perfect for the time. And Widowmaker, Ball Crusher, I mean... Yeah. Golly, some of these songs, and, and looking back, like Sex Drive, I think about that, and it's like, I didn't know nothing about sex when I was look, listening to these <laughs> albums, but really, honestly, this is where I learned about sex. It's so strange looking back on it like well, that. And, and if you're not familiar with the early Wasp material, go through our Amazon link and buy that stuff, because the, the, especially the first three, four albums are worth owning the whole record. You right, know, You yeah. don't need to cherry pick. They're all good. And if you have teenage children and you're feeling uncomfortable about yeah, having that, that important talk with them, <laughs> there you go. Just buy them The Last Command and be like, you know, here's, here's a song called Sex Drive, and you know, here's the lyrics, and I think you'll find that it speaks to you, and you'll kind of understand those feelings you're having down there everything you wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask by dr blackie lawless <laughs> you might learn something oh boy something you didn't know about yourself <laughs> all right all right so i'm gonna go um, we're gonna fast forward again to 2001 and the unholy terror record that came out this was the ninth studio album produced by blackie lawless the subject matter of this album deals basically with the world and all its vices it's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of deep stuff on the lyrical part of this album. The lineup on this one is Blackie, Chris Holmes, Mike Duda, Frankie Benali, and Stead Howland splitting the drum duties, and Roy Z on guitar in a couple of tracks. Wow. This album has a lot of great material, but this also was a clear. This one, even if I'm picking the first few albums, this could have made my top five. Yeah. This song has Frankie on the drums, and it's a killer track called Charisma. <laughs> Better deal the lust of men I'm the 
love it. Not about sex, but it's not about sex. You know, Blackie doesn't have to just sing about sex. Yeah, he's good at it. You know, when you're good at something like that, maybe you should do it. But, you know, it doesn't always have to be about sex. And that's the cool thing about Wasp, because, you know, in a time where that was the thing to do was to sing sexy songs. And damn it, Blackie Lawless can write some sexy ass songs. There ain't no doubt about that. But this guy can branch out and, you know, come up with all kinds of different stuff, you know, and Mm -hmm. his partnership with Chris Holmes in songwriting brought out a lot of great tunes. And that brings me to my next pick back to 1986. Since I cheated and got my picks (laughs) in first, I got all the really good stuff. The classic, Inside the Electric Circus. This may be my favorite Wasp album. It's so good. It is so good because, again, same story. Went with my dollar, bought the debut album from Uncle Bruce because he said, well, if you're going to get into Wasp, you might as well get the first one first. And then the second one. And a week later, I'm back with another dollar, and I'm here for Inside the Electric Circus. And, you know, what like a three-week journey. Yeah. Of learning about new music, because like I said, it was only Kiss and Ozzy. That was all I really knew about. You know, I wasn't even really into Poison yet at this point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still learning about like the old bands and trying to figure out what's what I like and what's cool. And I'm basically going by the album covers. But at this point with Wasp, it was all about the music. Like I, I couldn't wait to go back and get the next album to hear what else this band could do. And yeah, it's hard to deny that this isn't their best album because I think it pretty much is because there's not a bad song on this one either. I mean, we could do so many albums unleashed on just about any Wasp album and it's going to be at least 99% all good songs. And I do believe this one's 100%. It's got so many great songs inside the electric circus. The title tracks yeah. awesome. Their cover of, I don't need a need no doctor is amazing. Um, nine, five nasty has that. always been one of my favorite songs. That's a sexy ass song right there. Shoot from the hip. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many good songs. Um, it's damn hard to pick one. They even do a kick-ass cover of Easy Living by Uriah Heep. Yeah, and I don't even like the original, but I like their version. Oh, their version is so good. It's hard to pick one, but here's what I'm going to go with. Blackie wrote this one by himself. It's an amazing song. I love it. You can go with anything off of this one, but I'm going to go with I'm Alive.
Before we figure out which songs are making up the rest of our top five Wasp songs here today on the Decibel Geek Podcast, got to take a moment to let you guys know about some cool stuff going on. Um, have you heard about this? It's called the Rock and Pod Expo 2. I think I've heard of it. Yeah? I wonder if anybody's heard about this because there's some cool stuff going on right now. We've announced Brian Head Welch mm-hmm. from Corn. He's going to be there. Our good friend Michael Wagner is going to be back. It's going to be awesome to see him there. Toby Wright, who was just on the show with us a couple weeks ago, he's going to be there. Of course, the one and only Vinnie Vincent's going to be there. That's a pretty big deal. I know the people up in Indianapolis were really excited about that. I know the guys were up there spreading the word. There's so many great podcasts involved in this. You know, we we talk about the rock stars and everybody else that's involved in this thing all the time, but I think it's a good thing to really shine the light on what this is really truly all about. And it's the podcasts. It's it's guys like us that are doing these rock shows that are helping keep this style of music alive, you know, to keep it relevant. I know between all of us that are appearing at this expo, we've got a shit ton of listeners. You yeah. know, a lot of people that listen to all of our shows, some people that, you know, listen here and there to other ones. But, man, you know, when I'm looking at the group and I see that there's a bunch of podcasters out there that are having a hard time their their hearts are broken because we're all talking about you know raising the funds for rock and pod too you know and man it wasn't that long ago and i'm looking at that conversation and i see people that i i love and respect you know mm-hmm. as podcasters talking about how difficult it is to get people listeners to respond to something like this you know when we're calling out for help you yeah. know when we're asking people to donate you know and it it, it hurt my feelings to see these guys feeling like 
nobody's really responding to it. Now, I know a lot of people already have, mm-hmm. and, you know, man, do we appreciate those people so much. But there's still a whole lot of you out there that haven't contributed yet and are probably longtime listeners of this show and many other ones that are going to be at the expo and again you know help us out mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of saddening because i know these guys just like us they work their asses off to put these shows together for you and it's not always easy i no. mean believe it or not it's not easy what we do sure we probably make it seem easy but that's because you're getting the final product there's a lot that goes into the yeah. whole process before it becomes what you guys get and enjoy for free every <coughs> single week. Yeah. So, you know, help us out because not just speaking for ourselves, but for all the other guys that work their asses off to bring you their shows, man, it's it's worth it to you, yeah. I would think. You, you know, get because a lot of uh, free entertainment out of these shows. So. Free entertainment and a lot of rock and roll love, and we're the ones out there that are supporting your favorite bands that are still talking about your favorite bands. You know, if your local rock station called you and said, hey, give us some money, you'd be like, screw you. You guys don't ever play my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. But this is us we're talking about, you know, so yeah. we're always going to cover your favorite bands because your favorite bands are our favorite bands you know and that's what it's all about so to take podcasting to that next level to where not only does podcasting become relevant but the music that we're fighting for because Mm -hmm. that's what we've done you know you're just like us we've always fought for this music when other people have told us ah that stuff's dead and gone we said oh hell no it's not Heavy metal, hard rock, it's never going to die. And you know what? It never will. As long as there's people like us and people like you that are always going to support it, it'll never die. But how about not keeping it on life support, but letting it flourish, you know, bringing it back to its former glory? Who's going to do that? Who's got the power to make hard rock and classic metal freaking relevant again? It's the podcasters. We're the ones that carry the flag of hard rock and metal. You guys are proud of us for doing that. To help us get to that next level, we got to make sure Rock and Pod 2 is a big freaking deal and people start recognizing what we're doing here. And so once they recognize what we're doing, then they say, okay, there's something more going on here. There's so much passion for this music that, yeah, on a worldwide whole, they're no Britney Spears or they're no, well, that's dated. Um, they're, no, <laughs> they're no Taylor Swift, I guess. You know, I don't know. I'm bad at references. I don't know who's hip now. I don't, I'm bad at hipness. Because we I'm, listen to podcasts. I don't have to listen to that. We listen to podcasts. We listen to hard rock. We listen to metal. And that's what it's all about. Please help us help your favorite bands by making us more relevant so we can pull them right back yeah. in with us. Does that make sense? It does to me. Okay. It makes sense to me, too. So please help us do that, whether it's us, whether it's the multitude of other podcasts. You know, you don't... We like to say, you know, you want to come on the show with us. It's a hundred bucks. Yeah. It goes towards the expo. We're going to be doing one of those in about a week, and yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to it with a good friend of ours that's been on the show before and has been amazing. You guys are going to love it. We're going to love it. He's going to love it. The people at the Rock and Pot Expo too are going to love it. And so it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. If you don't want to come on the show, kick us ten bucks. Yeah. And if you like, so essentially, if you can't make it to Nashville, but you believe in what we're doing and you want to see it succeed. Just go to GoFundMe.com slash RockinPod2018. Make the donation there. If you do want to come to Nashville and, and actually get a ticket, go to um, RockinPod.Eventbrite.com. And there will be links in the show notes for this. 
and you can you can just get your general admission ticket. Ten dollars gets you in the door. Right. Ten dollars gets you a chance to meet like ninety nine percent of the guests. Right. Obviously, Vinny's going to charge extra for that, but you will get to see Vinny on stage talk to us about yeah. the making of the Lick It Up album for ten dollars. Yeah, because so basically for ten bucks, if if it was only Vinny, Chris, and myself, and a stage mm-hmm. and some chairs around that stage. Wouldn't you pay ten bucks just to see that oh, album's unleashed? Lick it up live. Yeah, it's gonna be great. But that's such a small part of it. It's a cool part of it, but yeah. it's a small part of it because there's so much there's else going on to go day. along with it. And there's more guests to be announced. There's some seriously big surprises I'm about to finalize. Yeah. Um, and, and that that August yeah. 25th weekend isn't that far away, no. and it's not that close either. So that you can still figure out how you can get some vacation time going. It's worth coming. because. Yeah, it's cool. We we ask you guys for donations. We know everybody can't make it, but man, would we love to see you here to be a part of it, to witness it, to know what we're talking yeah. about so that next year, if you can't make it, you'll say, man, that was so awesome. Yep. I want to see it happen again because I think it's easy for the people that came last year to see what a big deal it is and it was, how, how much more it can yeah. grow and what what a statement it really is for yeah. hard rock and metal music, yeah. you know, to say there is something important here and there are people that still give a damn about it. And there are a lot of people that still give a damn about it. Damn it. Yeah. So, and we're limited on space in the venue. So if you're on the fence about coming to this thing, you want to get your ticket soon because I have a a pretty strong feeling it's going to sell out. I mean, shit. As far as space goes, yeah, that's putting us over the top. But then we also have other guests to be announced. And if this pre-party concert that I'm working on pans out the way I have it planned, you're not going to want to miss that. Let me tell them. No. Oh, man. Oh, oh, God, we got to go through this again? I wish I could tell you guys. I know I can't because it's not 100% finalized. Still working on things. Holy shit, you guys. You're going to like it. The pre-party <laughs> concert last year was amazing. This is going to be no exception it. this year because what Chris has got conjured up in his metal mind is going to blow your mind, and yeah. you're not going to want to miss it. So get your tickets for Rock and Pot Expo now yep. because you're going to definitely want to be in town that weekend once the concert's announced because it's uh And there's even something, whew, something that's awesome. about to be announced for the night after. It's going to be a three-day oh, yeah. extravaganza. That's right. So, you are going to want to miss this. I'm, yeah, I'm so if you are planning on coming to town, please let me tell you, you're going to want to make the whole weekend you of will. it. You're going to want to be there on Friday night. You're going to want to be there on Sunday as well. And, yes. of course, you got to be there on Saturday for Rock and Pot Expo. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be a whole weekend of rock and roll fun partying in yep. music city and we want you guys to be a part of it so i don't know what else you could have for incentive to want to help us out but wait chris sinzak has some incentive i do yeah oh yeah oh okay. yeah yeah there's a there's a matter of a signed guitar and i'm not talking oh, about man. one signature no i'm not talking about five signatures no I'm talking about, what, like 25, 30 signatures on this thing? Uh-huh. Okay, so last weekend was the Indianapolis Kiss Expo, and there were a handful of the podcasts that will be at Rockin' Pod that were also at the Expo. Um, Julie and Gil from Kiss FAQ was there, Ages of Rock was there, Podcast Rock City, and Growing Up Rock were all yeah. there. And all those guys were so cool, and Julie and Gil bought a guitar in Indianapolis, and then all the shows took turns taking it around to every single guest at yeah. the Expo. And got, I'm going to say 99% of the guests to sign it, including Ace Fraley. Right. Including Bruce Kulick. Yeah. Including Bob Kulick, 
Especially who, Bob Kulik. A big Bob Kulik signature. Big Bob. Um, Carrie Stevens, Robert Fleischman, uh, Bobby Rock. All of Fraley's Comet signed it. Nice. And, and, including Anton Figg, John Regan, wow. Todd Howarth, Ace Fraley. The whole band signed it. Official yes. Fraley's Comet guitar um, plus some. Also members of 4 by Fate, Pat Gasparini, and Rob Afuso, who was also in Skid Row. Oh, nice. He signed it. Right on. Christopher Williams from Accept signed it. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Asbrock from Gene Simmons Band signed it. Nice. Uh, I, I'm losing track of everybody. But, yeah, like... A lot of fucking people signed it, and you can you can get a shot. There's only 300 spots open in this yep. raffle, and they're $10 spots. So you best hurry up and get yourself in on this raffle. It's going to fill up fast. Like you say, there's only 300 tickets. We could open it up to 3,000 tickets and made it a month-long oh, but thing. I want but this to have We good want odds. your odds to be good. So we cut it off at 300. Yep. When they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Somebody's walking away with this beautiful, one-of-a-kind multiply autographed by some of the greatest people in rock and history yep. have signed this guitar. It could be yours. Also, Michael James Jackson, who produced Creatures right of the on. Night and Lick It Up, signed it. Uh, nice. Craig Gass, the comedian, signed it. All right on. Uh, yeah, a shit ton of people. You know, it's it's amazing. And uh, I'm going to hate having to ship it away from my house because I keep looking at it. But um, once those 300 spots are filled up, Aaron and I will go on Facebook Live You'll have to endure looking at us on camera, but uh-huh. we will have an, all the names in the hat, and we will pull the name out, and we will announce who win, wins the guitar. So $10 gives you a 1 in 300 chance of winning. That's way better odds than a scratcher ticket. Or you can just go buy 300 tickets, and we'll just ship it to you. Sure. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> if you want to guarantee you win it, yeah. So we don't have to cut up everybody's right. names and the little things. No, we actually had a, a brisk first day of sales today, right as of on. when we recorded well, see, this. see, so. there you go. Your odds are going down as you, you better, wait now. So. You better hurry up. But, yeah, buy multiple tickets so you can increase your odds. You have a good shot at winning this guitar, and who the fuck wouldn't want to win that? Yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, go to rockandpod.eventbrite.com. Of course, there'll be a link in the show notes. And uh, enter. Go to the ki- – it's called the Kistery Guitar. Right on. Yep. And take a look at the list of the names of the podcasts that are going to be at yes. Rock and Pod Expo, too. And please show them some love and yeah, support as well. Yeah, some money, guys. Yeah, help us out. All right. Speaking of people that love to help us out and also do shopping, we've got our Amazon list. You guys know how this works. You do your shopping on Amazon? Yeah, you do. Well, <laughs> why not take a moment, go over to decibelgeek.com first, because what you're going to find there is all kinds of amazing articles written by just kick-ass rock and roll journalists from all over the world. They're like the Avengers of rock and roll journalism. They combine their powers and bring it all together at decibelgeek.com. Once you're done checking out all the amazing things you can find there, scroll back on up to the top of the page. You're going to see our Amazon banner. You click on it. It takes you to Amazon. You do all your shopping just like you normally do. But because you came to us first, once you're done, you don't pay a penny more, but Amazon takes a cut of that action, kicks it on over to us. It helps us out a lot, and it also gives us the list yeah we got a list of everything you buy and some of the more notable purchases from the past week on amazon uh personic high power rechargeable electric sonic toothbrush with 12 brush heads what do you need 12 brush heads for mm. wow an ixcc 10 foot extra long micro usb cable a ram mount one inch diameter ball mount with round base that's cool what's a ball mount you know, like you haul a trailer with behind oh, your truck. Sorry, my mind was in the gutter there. Um, <laughs> it's this thing that holds your nuts. Holds your, up holds your you. balls in place. Uh, a Carnifex Men's Death Metal 2017 T-shirt, black, of course. Of course. Uh, Plan R 24-inch widescreen LCD LCD monitor. See, it can be anything. Uh, a Blu-ray called Mad to Be Normal. I don't know what that is. Um, hmm. An AC power adapter charger for an HP notebook. 
some Betron BS10 headphones, Funko Pop movies, Jurassic Park Tyrannosaurus collectible figure. Those Funko Pop Pop things are popular. For sure. There was an Alice Cooper one that got put out recently. It looks really cool. Oh, right on. Um, Sun Joe electric pole chainsaw with adjustable head. Thank you, Jesse James Dupree, for shopping (laughs) through our our link. Um, Stone Sour Hydrograd was bought, Warrant's Dog Eat Dog, Heart's Bad Animals, and a double shot of Striper were Fallen and No More Hell to Pay were bought. Can't go wrong with any of those albums. Yep, and that's our Amazon list for the week. All right, awesome. You guys do your shopping on Amazon? I know you do. Do it through our link. It helps us out. Get yourself a Decibel Geek t-shirt. That helps too. Doesn't just help us. Helps you get laid. That's right. Works every time. Sexier than a wasp song. You look 20 pounds lighter when you wear it. Oh, absolutely. At least. All right, so let's get back to the music. And help us with Rock and Pod 2. Please Okay, do. let's get back to the music. Okay, so here's my most divisive pick of the episode. Uh-oh. As you know, I enjoy ballads. I enjoy power ballads. That's, yeah, that's something we all know about it, you quite it, a bit. It's my estrogen streak. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I've always liked ballads, and uh, I'm going to play something from The Crimson Idol from 1993, the fifth studio album produced by Blackie Lawless. Uh, it was a concept album t- telling the story of the rise and fall of fictional rock star Jonathan Steele. Uh, and this year, Napalm Records released a re-recording of the album, yeah. along with a DVD of a film that was originally supposed to accompany the album under the title of Reidolize, the soundtrack to The Crimson Idol. I watched some of that, man. Did it's you? a trip. I haven't watched the movie, but I, I enjoyed some of the re-recordings. Uh, I know some people really didn't enjoy it, but uh, I personally liked it. Yeah, me too. Um, and I normally don't like concept albums. I'm not one of the people that typically gets into them, but I've always liked The Crimson Idol. Yeah. Um, and this is my favorite Wasp ballad because there are some great ones. It's a song called Hold On to My Heart. There's a flame in my heart. And there's no rain. Put it out. And there's a flame. Burning in my heart And there's no 
don't seem right. Give me the tissue. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's a great song. I always have. Here's the thing that I've noticed about Wasp. And, you know, Blackie has had a long, successful career with a lot of ups and downs to it. Mm-hmm. I think Blackie is so freaking artistic that Wasp almost becomes a box that's too small to contain him sometimes. Well, he's Yeah, he's pushed the envelope a few times. But without the Wasp box to be in, people don't seem to really, you know, it's like, mm. I don't know if, if releasing a Blackie Lawless solo album would ever do anything, you no. know, or if it would have helped or hurt any of these albums that were in this era where things weren't as good as mm. the early days of Wasp, you know, where... He's not doing a whole lot of stuff like Sex Drive or Sweet Cheetah or, no, you know, Nine Five Nasty or things like that. You know, he, Blackie grows yeah. over time in his career almost beyond the constraints of what Wasp is and what people expect Wasp to be. And so I can see how some people are like Wasp fans are divisive on a lot of things. Oh, sure. Because there's so many different aspects to what Blackie does that people pick up, I like this about it, or I like when he does mm-hmm. that, or, man, no, only the first album, or, oh, man, right. you know, only, you know, Inside the Electric Circus, you know, and there's so many different... I know people that love the first album that think they sold out with Inside the Electric Circus. Yeah, so totally. It's too slick. Yeah. But even, I like that Even album. there's a big difference between the first album and Last Command, just like there's there a big is. difference between Last Command and yeah, Inside no the Electric Circus. Yeah, no two albums are, the, are, the, are similar. Yeah. And you, exactly, you go right down yeah. the, the discography like that, and every album is different than the one before it. Yeah. You know, you don't never get sister albums with Wasp. Not really. Unless it's intentional, like the Neon God thing. Well, yeah, that's... Well, they, yeah, he meant to do that, right? But, um, but I don't know. But with ballads, like they've done a handful of, of ballads, and the, I don't know. I, I always thought, like you know, they're always known for the stage show right. and the giant mic stand and all that stuff. Yeah. But his voice is—he's a damn good singer, yeah, he and, he, and his name never comes up in conversation with like some of the better rock singers from the '80s. But he was up there. Yeah, look at a song like that, like what you just played. That's you a know, great vocal performance. There's so much passion and power in his vocals in that song that you know you think about that you listen to it and go golly you know like you say people don't really think about blackie lawless on that you know who's the greatest singer you know they don't yeah. put him up there bruce dickinson or or rob health well, i don't know but, if i'd even put him up there you know, but but, but, but yeah, he's but he's up there but he's, he's up there yeah, yeah because he he's got that power in his voice and stuff and so to take him in a song like blind in texas yeah. well you know that's just pretty hard to sing yeah but to take it in a song like this where it really kind of showcases a totally different side. It's not that yeah. powerful, in-your-face, heavy metal, kind of Blackie Lawless yeah. style. And one thing Blackie has is the uniqueness yeah. of his voice. Nobody sounds like Blackie no. Lawless, and Lawless doesn't sound like anybody else. Right. Yeah, yeah you, you're Very right. one-of-a-kind singer. Uh-huh. But yeah, so Deserves it, more credit for his voice, for I know sure. I'm going to get shit for that pick, but that's fine. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a showcase song for sure because, like you said, it 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 shows a totally different side. Yeah, and, I've liked and that how song good since that other side can be. I've liked it since 1993, and I still remember repulsing some of my friends at the time playing that song. Why yeah. the fuck are you playing this? Right yeah. on. Same friends that wanted me to play Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and whatnot. Right. Like, yeah. You're gonna listen to Wasp, really? 
I was still hanging on to the old band. Yeah, me too. That was tough. And that kind of brings me to my next pick, which uh, came out in 1989. And this was an album that I kind of felt like was my first Wasp album Mm -hmm. because I'd been listening to the old stuff off my Uncle Bruce. But when the Headless Children came out, I was old enough to buy music at that yeah. point. So this was like this new too. my Wasp album. And man, was I excited when it came out. Still love it to this day. It's To me, it doesn't stand up quite as much as those first three albums. Definitely doesn't stand up to Inside the Electric Circus. But there's some damn good songs mm-hmm. on here nonetheless. And one of my all-time favorite Wasp songs is on this album. And that song is just a kick-ass hard rocker just the way I like my wasp this one's called Mean Man
gotta love it, man. That's gotta be probably maybe right up there. I'm gonna talk about top five. I mean, it is. It, yeah. It's earned its place. I don't know if it's any higher than two, but it's. Oh, no. oh I love that song no, so much. It was like, it, That's it, a fighting song. Well, it reminds me of one of my favorite uh, discussions on the Metal Sludge Gossip Board because you know the song's written about Chris Holmes. Yeah, right. And like the guys could question everybody. It was like this song sticks out like a sore thumb on this album because like the whole album is about all these deep, dark lyrical subjects, but. Here's this one song about Chris Holmes, and he's a mean motherfucking man. Yeah, it's like, see, <laughs> and I think that's why I like the song so much, because it reminded me of what I liked about Wasp. And right. the Headless Children, again, you know, every album in the, in the line is different. This one was way different than the album before it. Yeah. You know, and to me, I'm still a bigger fan of Inside the Electric Circus. But like I said, this one's always going to be special to me because this was like my first Wasp album. Even though I'd been listening to the other stuff, this was the first one that I could go out and get on my own. Yeah. And so it always will hold Mm -hmm. that special spot. And it was different and it was kind of weird. But that song was the one that always stood out to me because it... It was the wasp that brought me to the table. Yeah, it sounds like with. a classic song. Yeah. But yeah, but it's also interesting because Holmes was on his way out of the band at that time. Like, they were not getting along. He was too mean. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I don't know. I've heard Blackie's pretty mean, too. Yeah. Um, but my next pick is also from the Headless Children, so I'll piggyback right on. on here with you. Uh, four studio album produced by... Blackie Michael Lawless. Wallace, yeah. Um, reached number 48 on Billboard as their band's highest chart position. And... Um, the album cover is really cool. It's it's based on a uh, cartoon called Gateway to Stalingrad by Daniel Fitzpatrick. That's a scary ass album cover. And it depicts a string of historical figures including Stalin, Hitler, Himmler, Mussolini, Manson, Jim Jones, Al Capone and KKK members. Yeah, I think that was like one of the first albums that like I on CD or cassette or I think I think I had that on CD. Yeah. I brought it back and my mom looked at it and was just kind of like, "Uh, yeah, that's a disturbing uh, cover. What is this?" And, and I, I yeah. my same answer as always. Been listening to Uncle Bruce albums all this time, too late to stop me now. And I remember, well, I have a family connection to this album too, because when um, the video for the Real Me cover of the Who song was on MTV, my dad was a big fan of the Who. Yeah. And the video was on one day, and he walked in, and he was like, "That's the worst version of that song I've ever heard." Like, he, I am he, disgusted. He hated it. He was just like, "Oh man, they're, she's try- they're trying to be the Who. Give me a break." I liked it though. They weren't trying to be the Who. They were just trying to be Wasp doing yeah. a Who song. But for my pick off of, but that, I could see how yeah. a classic Who fan would be like. Yeah, he was fuck that. Yeah, he was not not amused. <laughs> but uh, for my pick from the Headless Children, I'm going to go with the powerful track Thunderhead. Nice.
that's another great one off that album. That's yeah. a good heavy chugger too. Yeah, uh, I love that song. It's really cool. Good stuff, man. We've played a lot of great music so far today. Yeah, if you're not a Wasp fan after this, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, man, you're doing something wrong. That hold on to my you're... heart should have converted you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you didn't like nothing I yeah. picked, then at least you had that. That'll convert your mother, at least. All um, right, so then I guess this is going to be my last pick. And this one, again, just for personal reasons, because I had the CD single. I remember always going to Intersleep Records in Wausau, Wisconsin, you know, my favorite record store when I was a kid, and just looking in the cheap CDs, you know, because you'd always have, like, a spot where the cheap shit was, and you could find, like, singles and stuff in there. And the single for Sunset and Babylon was there. And, man, this song always kind of spoke to me. It's also kind of a story kind of a song mm-hmm. but it's the story of wasp yeah. and you know what it was like to be a part of the strip and you know and granted by this time that stuff's all kind of played out now we're talking 93 right it's starting to go away you know so this is almost like a retrospective of what it was like yeah you know it's almost like a funeral song like a <laughs> like a some kind of remembrance of you know right. the, the last the last call for the sunset strip mm-hmm. and at the time listening to it i didn't know that that's what this was right. i just heard it and thought man i am about as far away from los angeles california as you can humanly possibly get you know just feeling like here i am in in the middle of wisconsin and i'm sure other people listening to wasp and all these other bands that were kick-ass at that time you know whether you're from ohio or whether you're from some other country or you know wherever yeah it almost i i gotta imagine to every so many other people it also felt like i'm about as far away from the Sunset Strip as you could possibly that be. that way in Nashville at the time. Right. So, you know I, know, I know I'm not alone <laughs> in these feelings, but it's songs like that and so many different songs by Wasp over the years that took the the majesty and the mystique of the Sunset Strip and turned it into something that you could hear with your ears and imagine with your mind while you listen to it. And this is another song that does that. So many, that's just a good key to great songwriting and Blackie Lawless has got that. You can listen to these Wasp songs and like I've said throughout the episode you can see them in your head too and that's why I love Wasp so much. So enjoy this little trip to LA. It's time machine style. It's Blackie Lawless and Wasp with Sunset and Babylon.
Not a fifth of the party on the sunset strips where the orphans play tonight. <laughs> sounds like some kick-ass classic wasp and i loved it at the time and that song was just kind of out of nowhere yeah for the time and 1993 you know and what's going on in the music scene in 93 and for me to hear that it's like fuck yeah you know i'm not letting this stuff go i don't care what everybody else says is popular and i don't care how many people say like you said earlier oh man we're gonna listen to wasp this was the age of Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and stuff. Nobody really seemed to give two shits about Wasp. Oh, no, none of my friends did. But I did. I did too. Damn right. All right. Well, this has been fun to do. I mean, it's it. it I can't believe it took us this long to do a Wasp episode. No, and now we got to figure out a reason to do another one because I'm all Wasp hyped up now. Right. <laughs> Let's get Blackie to do an album's Unleashed with us. Shit. Yeah, man. Which album? That's going to be the problem. There's well, so many good kill, ones. Kill Suck Die, of course. <laughs> You know, that yeah. would be pretty interesting. Do you want, Can we talk about that for just a second? About Kill, Fuck, Die? Just for a second. It sucks. Because I think End of discussion. Does, it does suck. <laughs> like I said, I was, to talk when about. that came out, man, I wanted so bad to like it because <laughs> that was, like, that. that's after Sunset in Babylon. Yeah. So, you know, that's, like, it's. it was basically a Marilyn Manson ripoff album, more or less. Yeah. But at that time... I was so revolted by the way I saw all my friends sheepishly be turned by what the media is telling you that is cool now that I so bad wanted that new Wasp album to come out and kick so much ass that I I felt like, man, at the time being young and being naive, I guess I felt like a new Wasp album that was really killer could turn it all around, could like just wipe Nirvana and the meat puppets I and all that, that but I was hoping off for the face for, of the earth I was hoping the power for more, of than its a, awesomeness. more than a trend jump and it then was, when it, I was a day one buyer and me too and then it came out and I was like what the fuck is he doing and I just I yeah I I was pretty upset when that came out and Chris it was Holmes a waste was of money. even back for that one yeah I know but even he couldn't save it no I mean, I'm sure there's going to be response to this of people that love it, and that's great if you do. Yeah, I would love to hear it. You know, comment when when this gets posted yeah, on the Facebook. Give us your top five. Here's something I want to tell you guys real quick before we get to that last pick. We really, really love it when we put out the episode, and then the episode gets like the official release on the Facebook. Yeah. And a lot of people like it. I know we get a ton of people that share it because they love to be geeks of the week. Right. But what we really, really love is when you guys talk about it. Yeah. You know, tell us what you think. Are your top five wasp yeah, songs? Tell it. us what you thought about Kill Fuck Die. You know, did you feel the same way we did? Did you were you really looking forward to it and then it just wasn't what you thought it was? Or was it is it the greatest thing you ever heard? You know? Some somebody out there's gotta be a huge fan of that album, I would think. They're weird. 
but they're out there. <laughs> I don't know if they let them on computers in the mental hospital. <laughs> no. That's a Paul Stanley joke about the elder I stole. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but no, I, yeah, we'd love to hear feedback. What's your, what's your top five? It's more fun to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go on the Facebook on this post and, and tell us what your top five are. Tell us how we're right or wrong about our picks. Yeah. And tell us what wasp means to you personally, because, yeah. Hey, we've been open with our feelings about wasp. Sure. We haven't hidden our feelings about wasp at all. We've, we are in love with wasp. Yeah, so I've got one more pick to play, and uh, this is definitely from an album that didn't do anything. This is from 1999. I'm having so much fun with this. I'm thinking maybe at the last minute here we should turn it into our top ten and just keep on going. <laughs> we probably could. But uh, Hell Dorado came out. This was one of those tons of CMC releases that just yeah. completely flew under the radar. Pe- most The majority of people had no idea it even came out. This was a strange album, man. Yeah. There's a lot of... A lot of really good and a lot of kind of not so uh, that's good. That's what I have in my notes. It's, yeah. a, it's a very mixed bag yeah, of material. It's really the, mixed. The strong stuff is really strong, and then the other stuff is ugh. I love it when we do shows about bands and albums that I know so much about that I don't even need to take notes. Right. And I didn't have to take many on this one, but uh, the, this uh, this song at this time had a very personal meaning to me because all, all I'm going to say is at the time, this was the best smelling song in the Lost <laughs> catalog. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. It's also my favorite song in this album. This is from Hell Dorado. This is Cocaine Cowboys, and we'll see you next week. See ya.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.